Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Man, a lot is going on over the weekend. There's a lot to get to. Um, let's start here. There's good news, sort of. Um, Joe Biden's good stuff hasn't kicked in yet. So what? when it does, this thing's going to turn around that, the ship. That's what he says, man. Like uh, medicinal good stuff? Or? Like, no, no, no. Joe Biden oh, says okay. people, I know you may be worried about paying your bills. I know you be, may be a little bit freaked out about grocery prices, gas prices, all of it, the future of this country. Mm-hmm. But Joe says, hey, just be patient because... The policies I've been advocating for and putting into place, they just haven't kicked in yet, okay? We're on this we're on this long-term thing. It's a, it's a it's a slow release, okay? Not instant, all right? Uh so if you're worried about your personal finances, just know Joe's got some good stuff on the way. This was on MSNBC. A lot of what we've done and we've passed has not kicked in yet. For example, you know, we have all this money to rebuild the highways, bridges, internet, etc., but it's going to take time. It's not all happening overnight. It's not like we passed the law and all of a sudden the highways and bridges are all functioning. It's not like we're in a position where we're saying no senior, which we do, is going to have to pay more than $2,000 a year for their drug costs, even so some are paying 13, 14, 15 with help of their families. Um, It's rude to interrupt. I understand. But sometimes just so we get clarification's sake, because I'm a little bit confused. And I mean that sincerely. Are we talking about inflation right now? The high cost of everything? That was the jumping off point of this conversation. Okay. Um, drive over a nicer road or a bridge, that's cool, but that doesn't do anything about my bills. Right. You spent a bunch of money, and then you printed a bunch and gave it away to people, and that caused the inflation. That was a good chunk of it. So, But, hey, all that stuff mm-hmm. that you rammed through, we just haven't enjoyed the fruits of it yet. So when we're paying more for everything, mm-hmm. we're going to feel good about it. Right. That's the argument? That's what he's saying, yes. Got it. You know, I'd rather have my bills lower, to be honest. <laughs> no. Because of cancer drugs and the like. Okay. It hadn't kicked in. It doesn't kick in until next year. So a lot of what we've done, people are are hurting. They're hurting because, you know, when you when you take away that margin for people sitting around the kitchen table and they're paying, you know, three times as much or two times or one and a half times as much for the gasoline, it matters. I grew up in a family where when that Here occurred... We go. Okay, we go. I, you know what, man? This is like we're jumping off again. We got the kitchen table because no one talks about finances ever in the living room. Nope. You don't do it in the rec room, certainly not in the bedroom. It's always at the kitchen table. And the lazy families... They don't talk about it at the kitchen table. It's only the hard-working families. Have you noticed? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I don't know where the lazy families talk about well, it. Those lazy people try to talk about it in the shed out back. Okay, maybe that's it. Cretans. <laughs> but here we go, and it's the same stuff over and over. One and a half times much for the gasoline. It matters. I grew up in a family where when that occurred, it was a discussion at home. Um, no, it wasn't. And so I think this is a process of people making sure that what we say we're doing really is going to happen. Okay. We're, so what's the takeaway from well, that? Unpack that. 
that he's senile and doesn't know what he's talking about. And he's a liar, too, because he keeps going back to this whole story about, like, yeah, when I was a kid, gas prices go up, and we'd be talking about it at our kitchen table, of course, because we're civilized people. And hardworking. And hardworking. Mm-hmm. Uh, except gas prices were basically flat throughout his entire childhood. Yeah. Okay, but there were other costs involved that made it seem uh-huh. like his gas prices were higher. Well, most people okay. during his childhood are riding horses. <laughs> God dang. By the way, I I saw it in a few places. Did anybody see the clip of Biden? I think he was talking to NBC where it actually looked like he nodded off. I missed this. Did you see it, David? I did not see it, no. Talking about running again? Mm-hmm. And about, you know, what does you oh, know, Dr. Oh, oh, Jill? Oh, I did. I don't know if he was in deep yeah. thought. or And you hear you hear the interviewer say, oh, like, uh-oh, he's falling asleep. You're right. It was something, dude. Listen. I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention. My intention to run again. And we have time to make that decision. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh. When he says, oh. You see him, it's like his eyes. He's like starting to doze off, man. <laughs> it was wild. Oh. Dr. Biden thinks that, uh, my wife thinks that, uh, yeah, that I, uh, that, that, we're, that we're doing something very important. Whoa. Dude, it was like, holy cow, man. I mean, that's the time. And, dude, I know. People are critical, thinking sometimes we're too mean-spirited on on this type of topic. Uh, That's not my intent. I'm calling it like I truly see it. That's like visiting the relative at the nursing home, Mm -hmm. and you're in conversation. And when you see him nod off, it's the cue to, like, it's time to go. They need the rest. For real. I mean it. (laughs) Maybe he thought they were breaking for commercials. (laughs) You know what I think he was actually doing? He wasn't falling asleep. Okay. He was trying to think out the answer because his horrible wife's name came up. And he was like, okay, I got to say the right thing or else Jill's going to beat me again. <laughs> Wasn't thinking about being beaten, but well, yeah, I could see where he's like, all right, I got to say the right thing. I mean, Maybe that's why he closed his eyes to try yeah. to remember what he's supposed to say. I don't know, well, man. Look, she hits where bruises aren't visible. Okay? Oh, boy. Or are you going to go next? Sack of oranges or something? <laughs> no, riding crop. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi uh, said the cost of living more important than inflation. Yeah, as if these two things are different. <laughs> the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, says Democrats need to stop worrying about inflation and start worrying about the cost of living. This was on <laughs> Face the Nation. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, when I hear people talk about inflation, as I heard him there, we have to change that subject. Inflation is a global phenomenon. Yeah. The EU, the European Union, the U.K., the British have higher inflation rate than we do here. It's not the fight is not about inflation. It's about the cost of living. Got it. That's how they're trying to change the topic. They've been doing this for the last week or so. But the cost that was of the living. new talking point. Is it is a global? The inflation is a global thing. Okay, it's not just here, so forget about that. Well, no. I don't think most Americans care what's going on in Europe, to be honest. Well, and the thing is, different countries and different regions of the world have different needs and different reasons for inflation. And a lot of times, if you look at Western Europe, that's actually a really bad example. uh, Because when you look at monetary policy, a lot of these countries did the exact same thing that we did. 
and just printing a bunch of cash and sending it out and saying, yeah. okay, I hope this works. And that's, uh-huh. that's really bad. And then you look at Europe, which is way more impacted by the war in Ukraine because they are reliant on Russia for energy. Um, and so that is one of the reasons, one of the biggest driving forces for the continent. Now, in America, we could actually bypass that whole thing. Not saying that inflation wouldn't hurt us because, yes, to a certain extent, inflation is a global thing. There are supply chain snarls caused mm-hmm. by China, caused by a bunch of other factors that go- come into play. But the reality is we could be on much better footing if Joe Biden weren't old, senile, and held hostage by the green weenie communists out there. Totally agree. And listen, just because the World Economic Forum suggests something for all of these countries to do, like flood the market with cash, so they can get closer to where they want to be in a few years' time. Doesn't mean we have to do the same thing. Yeah. Jeez. And then with Ukraine, switching gears, did you see? We're looking to pass another $50 billion yeah. in Ukraine aid for the next Congress. Well, they they got to get the investment in now because they right. know Democrats are not going to hold the purse anymore. So that would bring our spending on the war to over $115 billion. Oh, my goodness. Boy. By the way, not going to pretend to be an expert when it comes to uh, watch me tell you exactly what's going to happen next in this war. We don't know. But you get the feeling something is going to happen pretty big over the next few days to a week, maybe, because the warning signs are out there. Remember last week, China said to all of its people, hey, might want to get out of Ukraine. And Russia has called. Lloyd Austin, Defense Secretary, twice in the last couple of days. Hadn't called since May. Usually that means something. Yeah. So keeping our eyes open for that. And they did it again, David. Um, Climate activists, I don't know if you saw this over the weekend, um, they glued themselves to some sports cars. (laughs) Well, then let's take off down the road with them. (laughs) Right? right? I mean, it's time time to actually make some real... (laughs) consequences out of this stuff yeah, i'm thinking the same thing well the story last week they had glued their hands to the floor yeah to the floor at the auto Stadt, which is this big tourist attraction near the volkswagen production facility in uh in germany mm-hmm. and in that case they just turned out the lights and walked away and then they were whining no one gave us a bucket well, too bad. You should have thought of that beforehand. To go to the bathroom. I, I think I, I think what you ought to do is next time these lunatics glue themselves to something is get your own compound glue and glue something else to the floor, too. <laughs> Just like say, oh, let me help you with that. Okay, here's your other hand. Here's your two feet. Okay, see ya. Leave one guy's arm free and throw a hacksaw into the crowd and say the choice is yours. And then walk away. Well, not before you televise it and have an MC. Right. <laughs> this was Next on Hacker No Hack um, <laughs> at an auto show, and they called it the Auto Show of Destruction. They're protesting the show's absurd promotion of individual car use in the midst of a global energy crisis. Oh, called for a ban on car advertisements and improved public transportation. Hmm. They said the automobile industry is trying to greenwash its image using electric and hybrid cars, which Extinction Rebellion, this group, argue having negative implications for the environment. No, they do. Well, yeah. So, so I, what are they suggesting? Public transportation. That's private. it. That's all I know. I don't follow now, Extinction Rebellion. But the all-new Ford Flintstone from Ford. <laughs> now, 
Pedal with your feet. Now, now, I know everybody has this weird fascination with trains and whatnot, but, you know, how are those trains themselves built? What powers the electricity that, yeah. that lets them go from point A to point B? How do railroad tracks actually get to where they are? You know, you don't just, like, plant seeds and they sprout, right? You have to produce it. And how do you produce it? A lot of oil is used in the production of those things. Well, you also think about different subway systems that we have. If you're talking about yeah. public transportation and the footage of what's going on in those places right now, I don't think that's an easy sell yeah. for the American people right now. No. You want to get on one of those? Very few people do. Blue in their hands. Never stops. Um, so, hey, a lot of early voting in Georgia. Good sign. But that voting law is still Jim Crow 2.0. Oh, come on, man. You got to hear this audio straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so it's one of the most racist voting laws we've ever had in this country. That's what we're told. Georgia. Which one? The oh. one that caused Major League Baseball to move the All-Star oh, game. Oh, that one. Oh, okay. Because it was so reprehensible. But that's been rectified, right? I mean, you know, you had more people voting now early than ever before in the history of elections. That doesn't mean it's still not Jim Crow 2.0. Well, of course it does. Yeah, David. It, it does actually mean that oh. it's not Jim Crow 2.0. But oh. but liberals are still clutching to that because they've they've dug themselves that hole and they've got a lie in it now. Golly. Um So former Democratic Party chair Donna Brazil says Georgia's election system is still Jim Crow 2.0, even though there is a record number of people turning yes. out to vote. Huh. Uh, this was on ABC. Okay. It is. It is. Unfortunately, it is Jim Crow. And in, in, in the case of it, it's, it's Jim Crow, SB 202, as you well know, allow anyone to challenge the uh, validity of a voter. There are many African-Americans and others, young people especially, who are going out to vote and they're being challenged. What? What's that when mean, did David? this happen? What is she talking about? Uh, I, I, I don't I don't know, actually. Okay. You can't trust the thing she says. She's been proven to be a liar. I mean, is what? Just upset because actually what she said that's going to keep people from voting well, is absolutely not true, so they're coming out to vote? Well, it's, What's challenging them? Right. It's kind of like, uh, it's like the Texas uh, voting law as well, that relative to pre-pandemic election, where it was kind of a free-for-all, actually voting became easier in the state of Georgia. Because in the state of Georgia, they didn't have those drop boxes before the 2020 election. Now they actually mandate that every county has what one uh, drop box. So you got in-person voting, mail-in voting. You can drop off your ballot at a drop box. But that's Jim Crow 2.0. It's not only a despicable lie, but it's an absolute insult to everybody who fought against something like a, a Jim Crow policy. It's a complete insult to American history and the great men and women who sacrificed to try to get people access to the ballot box. But this is how pathetic these liars are. 
Even though she's, voting rights have been expanded, they say it's Jim Crow 2.0. It's, it's pathetic. She fed Hillary Clinton debate questions. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. And she worked at CNN at the time. Yeah. Okay. How she is ever asked to be on a show is beyond me. How could you ever trust this person? They just keep their jobs. They move from one place to the next. They lie. They misrepresent. And you just keep putting them on. I, I don't get that. CDC director says, well, hey, um, you still need the shot. I mean, I, people still get COVID after five shots, but you still need to get it. No. Yeah. CDC director uh, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, nervous wreck all the time, has now tested positive for COVID-19. She just got uh, about a month ago. Uh, the new Omicron-specific COVID-19 booster. So I believe that does bring her to five shots within, well, just over a year now. And apparently we still uh, are all supposed to rush out and get these boosters. I remember when the Pfizer CEO got it. We had the clip last week. I think you had it, David. When he talked about, he was, I'm not going to do the accent. He was thinking that when he got that, he actually got the new variant. Right. Over in Europe, right? And that was the deal on that one. Okay? But that wouldn't work with the case of Rochelle Walensky because she would have had the shot for the new variant. Correct? Yes. (laughs) But we're going to go with but. And this may be true that it'll keep you out of the hospital or keep you from dying. That might be true. But that's no reason to mandate it. I just want to say, for the record, the only time you need five shots is when you're playing horse. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I'm still blown away, man, that the CDC is putting on its vaccine recommendation list the COVID vaccine for kids. Mm -hmm. When it, it hasn't been thoroughly tested with kids. And it has not shown that it's of any benefit no. unless you have comorbidities. And they're saying, yes, we re- kids should get it. And if states actually take that and say, hey, we just followed the CDC. So if your kid's going to go to school, they're going to have to have that vaccine. That's insanity that's going on. All right. Ted Cruz has joined The View for a little session. David has the fireworks. Next. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer. That's Scott Robbins. So Ted Cruz shows up on The View? Yeah. Man, I saw the promo for that today. I went, oh my gosh. <laughs> he went, yeah, he showed up on The View to talk with those uh, insane liberals. And uh, I mean, the guy's, the guy's got stones. I'll give him that. Sure. Walking in there. Uh, I mean, I also think that he knows that on many of the issues that they bandy about, he knows infinitely more than anybody on that panel 
Yes. And so, yeah. Well, I mean, he should. That's what he does. Yeah. And uh, at one point, the audio is not very good because they bleeped out so much. But at one point, they had to go to commercial break because apparently someone in the audience got fed up with Ted, yelled out, bleep you, Ted. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's it. That's what happens when you've got these, these brainwashed liberals who get confronted with facts and logic and reason. Uh, and they just can't, the cognitive dissonance is too much for them to handle, so they just lash out, right? So in this clip, they're talking about election deniers. Ah! And he just brings up, hey, I'll never really say anything about, I don't know, Hillary Clinton, who said Trump was an illegitimate president, still believes that to this day. Yes. All right, let's roll it. You don't do it to Hillary Clinton, who stood up and said Trump but stole the election. You don't, the they didn't try to kill my former Abrams, who said, boss. who said that the election was stolen. They sat here yes. and said it was That's illegitimate, right. and, and, it and was. you guys were fine with it. Okay, so, so, so it's illegitimate did, did when Republicans she, did, win, did, but not when you, Democrats win. No, win. you know, here's the thing. We may not like when Republicans win, but we don't go and we don't storm. We don't try to change. <laughs> but, we'll go yeah, yeah. The applause light just went on. Oh, yeah. Anybody hang around Portland right after the election in 2016? Well, dude, or outside the uh, Capitol grounds during the inauguration of Donald Trump. Yep. There there were riots in the streets, police officers being assaulted just blocks away from the inauguration. But I suppose maybe the ladies on The View don't know that because their network didn't even cover it extensively. (laughs) Of course. Did, did I miss an entire year of Antifa riots where cities across this country were Antifa burning and, and police cars well, were being yeah, firebombed? Yes, you did. Your position is the left. Did she say, I don't even know what an Antifa riot is? Yeah. That's what she said. And that might just be the problem. Wow. Your position is the left doesn't engage in violence? Really? Hillary Clinton says Trump is an illegitimate president. Hillary Clinton says the election is stolen from you. Hillary Clinton in 2002, George W. Bush was selected, not elected. Joe Biden, Al Gore was, was elected president. So Joe Biden claims George W. Bush is illegitimate. Well, also, here's the thing. It says, well, nobody nobody stormed the Capitol, right? No. I mean, Hillary Clinton didn't riot, didn't lead a riot, didn't do anything close to encouraging a riot. Her campaign just laundered false information to the FBI claiming Trump was a Russian spy, which kicked off years of conspiracy theories and almost derailed his presidency. Yes. Which That's is significantly worse than the Capitol riot. Whoopi hasn't stormed anything in like 30 years. <laughs> well, I don't know. I saw her at the Golden Corral. She was. <laughs> See, I was going to use that and I didn't. Was... I'm glad you did. She was storming the chocolate fountain. <laughs> Golly. I can think of it. You can't reason with oh, fools. No. It's very difficult. Well, you go in there and, you know, Ted Cruz had to know. I mean, he, he knows. knew. Oh, of course. Right? He was, it, it, it's just this cycle in my head. Sounds like a cheap motorcycle. <laughs> okay, David, you had a clip of Joe Biden talking about how he got the student loan debt bill passed. This is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, this is. is unbelievable. <laughs> so Unbe- He didn't do any of this stuff. Okay, go ahead. So Joe, so Joe Biden did an interview with the liberal outlet Now This and okay. claimed that Congress passed a bill that uh, gave out the student loan debt forgiveness stuff. No, they didn't. The other piece what we're trying to do is, you probably are aware, I've 
just signed a law that's being challenged by my Republican colleagues, who are the same people who got PPP loans during the for up to close to, in some cases up to five six hundred thousand dollars. They have no problem with that. Because it's a completely what? different situation. Yeah. <laughs> you made yeah. them close their business because of COVID. Well, and, and again, the Paycheck Protection Program, which was passed under Donald Trump and, and Democrats in Congress as well, uh, those loans were actually grants that only became loans if you fired your employees anyway after getting the money. They were meant to be grants to pay your employees and to keep the lights on in your business when the government shut you down. But I guess that means if you're a person that didn't go to college, that means you should pay for someone that right. did go to college <laughs> and a lot of graduate students. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense, Joe. The individuals in Congress got those. But um, what we've provided for is if you went to school, if you qualify for a Pell Grant, you qualify for 2000 I mean, excuse me, uh, you, you qualify wow. for $20,000 in debt forgiveness. Secondly, if you don't have one of those loans, you just get 10000 written off. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two, and it's in what? effect. And already what? a total of, I think it's now, 13 million people have applied for that service. Yeah, it never, never passed through Congress. No. If it did pass through Congress, there pretty much would be no legal grounds to challenge it at all. If Congress actually passed a law that said we're going to forgive this amount of debt, there there would not really be any room to sue over that. The reason the lawsuits exist is because Joe Biden did it by executive order, basically. And also because, if I understand this right, because it was a pandemic. Yeah. And I forget the actual terminology that they use in that situation. Well, it was, yeah, it was an emergency uh, that they think they have the authority to do this because of the emergency that COVID presented. Um, and under the HEROES Act, which was a post 9 11 uh, assistance program, mm -hmm. uh, they say that that qualifies. This would qualify under that HEROES Act, which doesn't make any sense because they're not just forgiving loans for people whose college education was impacted by the pandemic. The other part, and just out of convenience, a few weeks after Biden is at the car show in Detroit where he says, yeah, the pandemic's over. Right. Then a couple of weeks later, the White House says, no, we're still in an emergency situation. Yeah. Because they're trying to fight right. the student loan thing. It's crazy. Um, Golly. You know, a little earlier we were talking about, would you want to be getting on a subway right now? Whatever town, especially uh, no. New York City. And a lot of people will be like, yeah. no, that seems like a terrifying experience. Um, the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, and I haven't heard the clip, David, but are you saying he gave some helpful tips about going on the subway? Oh, yeah. New York City Mayor Eric Adams says if you want to stay safe on the subway in his crime-ridden city, just don't wear headphones. Well, he, he was on Good Day New York, and the anchor brought up that she hasn't worn her AirPods on the train for over a year because she doesn't feel safe. Now, that's that's probably a good response. you got to keep your head on a swivel in these troubled times in which we live. But the mayor should, I don't know, maybe try to push back on it or whatever, but this is his handy solution. Okay. You, you, you were right about, you know, not having your iPods in, not focusing on our phone. And I say yes to that. I do the same. And we put out a, a video and information telling people about being aware of what's around them and what's taking place. And I encourage New Yorkers to do that. 
Yeah. You got like a half hour ride in front of you. Sure, you might want to listen to some tunes, your favorite podcast, whatever it might be. Don't do it. Because somebody might push you in front of a train. <laughs> yes, exactly. This is, this is amazing. Yeah, it, I mean, it is. They actually put city resources into a PSA yeah. telling people to not wear headphones because it's yeah. not safe to be on the subway instead of actually putting city resources into making sure the subways are safe. Yeah, we're going to have a police officer there. If you shove someone, I'm going to shoot you in the head. You will die. That's how we're going to make this safer. Okay. Yeah. Put your iPod, put your headphones Whatever. back on. Yeah, you, you can't push someone in front no, of the you train. No, you can't. That has to stop. No. Whatever it takes. Absolutely. It, it's, it's telling people, change your behavior so you don't get killed being pushed in front of a train. Yeah. Man, you're coming off fire on well, Monday. Well, it's not like wearing shoot belts or something, in you know. The head. Well, I, even Van Camp said kneecap. Well, no. If you're if okay. you're if you're pushing Wasted. someone in front of a train, oh yeah, yeah. then yeah. it's one to the noggin. Yeah, one to, and that's one. it. And televise it. Think, Here's yeah, what happens: those police officers should be armed with twenty twos, actually, so that there's no exit, you know, velocity to worry about. That's It'll fine. Just bounce yeah, around in their brain. And that's fine. Them. All right, we'll do that. Yeah. Okay. Once a couple of pumpkins blow up on TV, that'll be the end of it. <laughs> You've had it. I've had it. I know. I'm. Yes. It's very frustrating. There's no doubt about that. Uh, oh, did you see this? Holy smokes, man. This is happening in Australia, but still. Um, because a lot of things will happen, whether it's Australia, Canada. You're like, well, that's not going to happen here. And then it ends up happening here. Yeah. Um, Bank there is starting to link customer transactions to just keep track of it to your carbon footprint. And there might be a fee that you have to pay if you're spending too much money and your carbon footprint is getting too big. Oh, boy. Might have to charge you for that. Yeah. Carbon tax, man. It is going to happen. Whether that's through the banking industry, whether that's through government, it is going to happen at some point. Is that one of those things someone announces that in the United States and there's just a group of people that all take their money out of that bank all at the same time? I think so. I mean, I I really do. That's one of the reasons why, like in the age of Venmo and Apple Pay and all that stuff and PayPal, Mm -hmm. why I very begrudgingly would use any of those things. I used PayPal briefly, for one, because we were paying somebody, a consultant, and just that was easier. But I never Mm -hmm. used PayPal for anything else. And for most... You know, digital transactions, I just don't want any more fingerprints than necessary on my money. And I think it would be a pretty good idea, I think, moving forward. Just I know this sounds paranoid, but look around you. Look what's happening. You know, if you're talking about your personal finances, eh, consider going back to cash as much as possible. Well, if if it's accepted. Exactly. Yeah. There's a guy who one of our listeners sent me a shot of the dollar store this weekend. That had no change. Well, and, and some places... They had no change. Some places, depending on where you are, don't accept uh, cash anymore because they keep getting robbed. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not just a cashless thing, but it's it's for their own safety. Man, oh, man. I know. Well, then don't... <laughs> I, don't I don't know how you and, survive with just cash. I don't know well, how. The, the answer is you don't go to the places that don't accept cash. Yeah. Period. Sometimes you're, you don't know that until you get yeah. there, I guess. But. Well, yeah. then leave. Jeez. Oh, another problem 
out there, I don't know if you knew this, uh, the Karate Kid movie from 1984. Yeah. You know, obviously long before Cobra Kai. Yes. But I think because of the popularity of that, there was a renewed interest in Karate Kid. I absolutely remember seeing the movie in the theater. Yes. Did you know at the time it was problematic? Problematic? What, violence? Too much violence? No. Oh. It's too white. Too white? Yes. Huge problem. Mr. Miyagi wasn't white. Yeah, but that was just it, see? Because they didn't spend enough time reflecting on the Japanese cultural influence. Wax on, wax that, off isn't that, part of it? That karate had. They just didn't spend much time on it. Oh, so they say, see, this was problematic back then, and uh, someone should have did something about it. Unbelievable. Okay. And so they asked Ralph Macchio about it. And he said, people have said it's a very white cast, that it didn't dive into the Asian story. But I always try to say this. The film was ahead of its time because it was a popcorn movie that talked about Japanese internment camps during World War II. Yeah. And something, honestly, I didn't know. Matt Morita? Yeah. Miyagi? Yeah. Also starred for a little while in Happy Days, if you remember. That's right. Um, he actually, in real life, spent time in one of those camps. Did you know that? I did not know wow. that. I didn't. But you remember the, you know, it's a very emotional scene yeah. when Miyagi's talking about yes. what had happened there. And so I just like any time an actor is going to push back a little bit and say, no, I'm not, we're not going to apologize because you say we should apologize for this movie in 1984. It was too white. 35 years ago. It, it, just stop it with the nonsense. Wasn't he it, Arnold in Happy Days? Was he yes. Arnold? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. I can't believe I know that. Yeah, there were two different Arnolds. No, no, no. He Well, he had a different name, but it was two different people that ran Arnolds, as I remember. Can't do long division, but remember, Mr. Miyagi <laughs> was Arnold. If you're feeling like you're uh, not appreciating life, you can have someone bury you alive and then dig you up. Or you won't believe this story straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Jeez, like there's not enough going on in the world. Ukraine, Russia, everything else. And then you have that idiot. I'm a rocket man. Kim Jong-un. Rocket man. So you know he's doing the I'm missile stuff. Heard about that. Bunch of weapons tests. <laughs> he, he said, well, there was... Provocative joint military drills between South Korea and the United States. Okay. That was after the knucklehead was already doing stuff. So now they said there was naval enemy movement as far as South Korea goes, okay, coming into our territorial waters. So they responded by firing 10 rounds of artillery warning shots toward the waters. So you got it going back and forth now with North and South Korea. Fantastic. So South Korea, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, said that North Korean artillery firings breached a 2018 inter-Korea uh, accord on reducing military animosities and undermined stability on the Korean Peninsula. And so do I think it's something that we should all be like, oh my gosh, totally worried? I don't so much think that as much as, gee whiz, man, it's just something else going on. Yeah, right. It's crazy. 
If you are feeling like I mentioned this briefly, that you're just not appreciating life that much, mm-hmm. maybe something that happened to help you appreciate life, mm-hmm. you can get buried alive and then have people dig you back up. Okay, I have an unnatural fear of this. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, there's no way in hell I would do this. Well, it only costs you $57,000. Oh, yeah. This is a company actually in Russia mm-hmm. that's doing this. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to give you this renewed lust for life, though. Man. It does come with a full fake funeral. Oh, gosh. $57,000? I got a cousin in Alabama who will do it for a case of highlight. <laughs> He's got a backhoe and everything. He's a shovel. <laughs> shot to the back of the head and dig the hole. There we go. There's an, also an online funeral version. only costs fifteen grand. So you got that option, too. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, getting close to the midterms. Of course, a lot of talk about that over the weekend. Um, And polls are brought up all the time. I don't know how much we trust them anymore. Mm -hmm. Just always depends. Um, I think people are more likely to like polls when they're in your favor. You know what's real funny about that? You mentioned that. And I had that eerie feeling this weekend. And I'm watching some of the talking head shows. I'm seeing all these polling data in red wave, red wave, red wave. I'm like, damn. What? You're saying it out loud. It's like saying no hitter in the seventh inning. Yeah. You believe in jinxes. I, I, I do. I, yeah. And I just I cringe <laughs> when I hear that. I'm like, don't, 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 don't. Okay, tell me if I'm wrong here. Everything we've seen over a number of years, if the polling is off at all, it ends up working out in the Republicans' favor. Yeah. And, and it has done that for decades. I know, um, I know. And I, I think it's because, you know, usually, I mean, the, the conventional wisdom is if, if Republicans on a generic ballot are down by two, that means they win by one. Um, and that, that's been true for several years. Now, I, I think you're right in that depending on what the poll is measuring, they can be very unreliable. For example, if you're looking at somebody who is as polarizing a figure as Donald Trump, we know for a fact that there are people who won't tell anybody that they're going to mm-hmm. vote for Donald Trump. And yep. the same can be said for uh, somebody like Ted Cruz, who is another guy that has been you know, painted out to be the most hated man in politics or whatever, who keeps winning elections. Weird. Um, but you know, when you look at the basic fundamental questions about how people's lives are going, I think people are generally fairly honest about it. So when you see the economy ranking number one across the board uh, as the biggest issue affecting people, uh, you, I, I, I think that is real, and I think that does favor Republicans because everything the Democrats try fails. Dude, I know it sounds crazy, but you already know this. Talk about it all the time. Said it I don't know how many times. When you look at the individual issues, Democrats are upside down in pretty much everything. Yeah. 
They truly are. But the president was asked about this over the weekend. Yeah, because a lot of polls out there show Americans don't like what Democrats are doing with the economy. But Joe Biden says he's not worried about it because, well, polls, they're, they're complex. This was on MSNBC. Listen to Joe Biden explain how polls work. Okay, this ought to be good. Go ahead, Joe. I'm not sure about the polls. Because, you know, the way people conduct polls a day, it's hard. 90% of it is you get on a telephone where you have to call seven times to get somebody to, to answer the phone, number one. Okay. Oh. They're difficult. Yeah. So you just, you're not reliable. Right. I mean, Throw it out. That just reminds me of that scene in Anchorman where they're talking about ratings. Yeah. And the other guy comes back and says, you know those ratings are flawed. They don't take into account the houses with two televisions. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it, I think that is one of the new talking points, honestly, because yeah. Pelosi's been on the same thing. Well, I don't believe the polls. I think they're way off. And, you know, you can always say, well, how was the question asked or yeah. what was the methodology, that sort of thing. But when you see a number of people from the same party saying the same things, you have an idea. OK, that's sort of the new talking point. Sort of is what it is. Sample size, cross tabs. I mean, all that stuff. Yes. And 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 the, the the accredited people who do this though are, they're usually very aware of the pitfalls of it, and they do things to compensate for it. Generally yeah. speaking. Yes, but we've seen people be wrong before, so you're. I know that's why, man. That's why I get paranoid. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Pelosi, do you want to hear the little clip of Pelosi in denial again oh, over sure. the weekend? Okay, I'll leave the question in there because she just she doesn't like it. Why why don't the American people, according to the surveys, trust Democrats, but instead trust Republicans? With you, well, let me just say one of the you talked about uh, uh, what you perceive to be a change in momentum. Let me just tell you what I have seen over this past month. I don't subscribe to what you said that they don't trust us. Uh, the fact is, is that in the last few weeks, the Republicans recognizing now that they have a problem in this election. And you all have been telling them they're going to win for like a year and a half. But so, that's new news. What's the problem? Yeah, I want to know specifically what the problem is. Yeah. That's a Pelosi exclusive right there, because <laughs> no one else has said it. Well, I, I mean, at, go back a month and a half, and everybody was saying, you know, Democrats actually have a real shot. Right. I mean, that doesn't make it, that none of that makes sense. I mean, she's a cheerleader for the party. I don't know what, you know, I'm not expecting Nancy Pelosi to go out there and say, oh, yeah, we're definitely going to lose. Better pack it up. Uh-oh. Right. So it's just denial about the polls. Yeah. But then it goes off in this other area. At least it does to me. You can tell me what it means. They're seeing uh, what's happening on the ground. So they have placed unlimited money, unlimited money into these races with unlimited fact, uh, uh, with misrepresenting what the reality is. And it takes its toll. There's just no question. Uh, we won't have unlimited. We'll have to have enough. But we have to fight uh, that perception that they're putting out there about inflation. <laughs> it's not... No, when somebody says inflation's out of control, <laughs> usually they're actually saying my food prices are out of control, my gas prices are out of control, and my energy bills are out of control. Those are not things that anyone at any Republican operative or any Republican operation has told them. No, they no, know no it. it's just perception. I know you in your budget and it says more. That's just a perception. That's what Nancy's saying. That's uh -huh. not reality. Really? Yeah, I know. because It doesn't I mean, make sense. I don't know how many times I've had conversations with either neighbors or people I know who have said, you know, it's crazy. There is no such thing as a $100 grocery run anymore. 
Like they used to be, okay, get through the week. You know, we're going to do a big grocery run this weekend, but we'll just spend maybe $100. That doesn't really exist anymore. No. Okay, I'm just going to say this. I know we got to move on. It still floors me that you have two people that we just had clips of, Pelosi and Biden, with a crazy amount of power in their jobs. Yet most people would not trust them to run their own family business. Yeah. They wouldn't. No. Like, listen, you can put your two cents in on some things, but we can't have you run the business. My gosh, you're not able anymore. Every time it's Nancy Pelosi, though, it's a PSA for the pitfalls of alcoholism. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens, kids. Meanwhile, uh, did CNN's Jake Tapper ask a legit question over the weekend? Uh, Yeah, he did. And, you know, before we pounce on... Uh, Jake Tapper, he's been somewhat consistent about this from the beginning of the pandemic. But Jake Tapper now still has that aura of cluelessness because he wonders why there's no national conversation about school closures that happened during the (laughs) pandemic. Roll it. Let's hear this. I have to say I'm surprised that there hasn't been a national conversation about the damage done to kids because of these school closures and the virtual learning and everything, because, I mean, I'm not saying there should be a national do-over, but we can't just pretend that fifth graders who are now seventh graders, that that didn't happen, you know? And, like, I feel like there should be, and not not with a blame game. Look, it happened. People did it. It was criticized, the school closures, the virtual learning, et cetera. But here we are. Mm -hmm. Um, There needs to be, like like, a bipartisan movement, you know? No. No, there can't be one. Because Jake, again, has talked about how, you know, a lot of experts were saying this is going to be bad if we keep kids out of school for too long. But the reason there's no national conversation is because Democrats said that those of us who believe kids should be back in the classroom were uh, cheering on an experiment in human sacrifice. Their yeah. words, not mine. That's true. And then my mind goes to a different place. Um how did he phrase that at the beginning again? I have to say, I'm surprised that there hasn't been. Okay, you're lying. That's my gut reaction. You're lying, Jake. You're surprised. You know why there hasn't been. Because you're part of the media machine, dude. You could have made this a conversation piece in your show multiple times, and yeah. you didn't. You ignored it. Okay? Just like your network has ignored it. Legacy Media has ignored it. And as you said, David, plenty of us were saying, hey, we got to get those kids back in school. They just came out with the new numbers about our kids learning. It's freaking terrible. Well, it's going to take years for kids to catch up, if if at all. Yes. You know, I mean, this is the reality of it. If we had a real news media, this would have been a conversation. So don't tell me you're surprised, Jake. I think you're a phony, but I don't think you're dumb. You know exactly why there hasn't been a national conversation, because it didn't benefit the Democratic Party. Could you imagine if media as a whole actually put one-tenth of the effort into this that they do into January 6th? Oh, my goodness. One, I I guarantee things would change in this country politically, and that's probably why they don't do it. Why it's sort of like a—well, I think Good Morning America today may have been the only one— that actually covered failing test scores, and everybody else spent like a combined 10 minutes talking about January 6th. Oh, yeah. Like, if you actually wanted to inform the public and talk about what a lot of people care about, my kids' education, one, you wouldn't be losing viewership at an alarming rate. 
True. And then you would actually be doing your jobs, and, and they don't do that. They'll do you know hour-long specials on the Capitol riot, hour-long specials on gun grabbing, and all of this other stuff, and disinformation, and Fox News, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Jake Tapper, he's got pull with the network. He could do a two-hour-long special yes. about education in America. He could start that conversation, but right now it's mostly conservative media that's been talking about it, and we get called grandma killers. Yes. That's correct. It's true, man. I mean, Ash, you know, this will sound nuts, man, because of a couple of conversations I had over the weekend. I was thinking to myself as I'm driving in this morning, like, okay, it's pretty clear to a lot of people that if they care about just sort of traditional values, and these are, you know, these are issues that have meant a lot to people for a long time mm-hmm. that certainly used to vote Democrat. And if you're having this conversation and you're thinking to yourself, OK, what is the difference in the parties? And I think there are a lot of people that aren't that excited about the Republican Party, but they feel like the other party left them. And so in my mind and of course, you know, whenever you do voice to text, there's all sorts of screw ups in the language. Mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, so when you're talking about the Democrats, they're the party of the trans revolution. They're the party of giving kids puberty blockers and talking about sexual issues starting in kindergarten. And by the way, whenever I get off way off and you think what I'm saying is wrong, tell me. I mean that. You're good so far. Okay. They're the party of open borders. They're mm-hmm. the party of allowing untold amounts of fentanyl into the country, killing a record number of people. They're the party of COVID lockdowns, mandating the vaccine that doesn't stop the transmission of a virus. Uh, they're the party of, well, recommending kids take the vaccine that hasn't been thoroughly vetted. In some cases, only research with mice. Where's Jake on that? Um, they're the party of, well, in some cities, cashless bail and defunding the police. Record number of murders across multiple cities in the United States. Um They're the party of having a group of Americans that did not go to college pay for the college experience of other people, sometimes going to graduate school. Um, They're the party of hiding a young girl's abortion away from her parents or keeping parents out of the conversation when it comes to their child's confusion with their sexuality. They're a party that continually fans the flames of racism. I mean, I've got like, there's way more to this list. And I know we're running out of time at the moment. Yeah. I can just keep rolling, dude. Yeah. It's it's crazy to me. And all of those issues, has Jake Tapper and CNN been talking about any of those freaking things? No, it's January 6th because our democracy's in peril. Ah. Well, ah, almost coming like... to Broadway, January 6th, the musical, very soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the State Department has spent $20,000 to fund drag shows. we got to <laughs> get to that story and much more coming up. Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. How many migrants have died at the border? Golly, man. In the fiscal year 2022, this is a new record. New record, 856 people died. That is the highest and deadliest ever on record. 
Well, the border is secure, for which everything. is surprising to me. The border being as secure as it is, yeah. which we've been told that that many people are dying. No, they released this information 11 o'clock Friday night. Well, they they wanted everybody to know. No, they didn't. <laughs> of course they no. didn't. Record amount of encounters, Talking record about... amount of terrorists found at the border. Yeah, near, nearly 2.4 million migrant encounters, and that doesn't ca- that does not count the nearly 1 million known gotaways. No. This is an all-out invasion, and right now the regime is telling us it's not happening. Correct. No problem. It's secure. I mean, we have challenges, and we're facing them. Right. But, uh, <laughs> well, except Democrat Henry Cuellar, who's, you know, in trouble of losing his seat. Mm-hmm. He was on the Talking Head shows over the weekend saying, yeah, the border's not secure. Of course not. I mean, he he can't go along with that. He's there. Yeah. But mm-hmm. all of the other Democrats just seem to go along with it. Meanwhile, <laughs> did you see the story where our State Department spent $20,000 to fund drag shows in Ecuador? <laughs> it's a lot of singles, man. What is it with drag shows? Well. What is going on, man? Okay, well, the State Department, they were asked about this from Fox News, and so a spokesperson from the State Department said, yeah, we did. Okay, and it's to incorporate and conceptualize diversity, inclusion, and representation to equity and accessibility. Okay, this is for LGBTQ people to express themselves freely and safely in Ecuador. Okay, so they gave this grant to a U.S. Ecuadorian cultural center in Ecuador. And again, this is all about using the arts to raise awareness about diversity and inclusion, and part of that's drag shows. I got to say, I think this is brilliant. Yes? I know they're never going to come out and admit it, Mm -hmm. but if they start putting on drag shows left and right in Ecuador uh, and they make sure that everybody knows Uncle Sam paid for it, a lot of people who are thinking about making that trip to our southern border are going to reconsider their options. (laughs) I think it's brilliant. You know, David, I never looked at it like that before, but I'm starting to come around to your way of thinking. You're going to be like, wait, that's what they do in America? Oh, my gosh. They're grooming kids. That's crazy. By the way, speaking of the border, you know when they said, uh, from Venezuela, yeah, we're we're not going to allow you in? Yeah. Did you see the numbers plummet? (laughs) It's crazy. It's weird. All of a sudden, it goes down like 85%. Why don't they just say, no one come, or we're turning you back? How hard is that? This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, if you have to pick one, David. Uh, is the new talking point on inflation from Democrats. Jeez. It is astounding. They really think that everybody's this dumb. That nobody really is. Uh, nobody really cares about inflation or that it's actually a myth that inflation is really hurting America. Uh, I, I, I think this is just one of the more astounding plays of desperation I've ever seen. Because they know they can't win on inflation because they know that people aren't that dumb. So I, I, don't, I don't know why they're going to this. I don't know what focus group told them this was the right talking point. But, man, it's, it's astounding. Yeah, we need to get to that. Oh, another thing. Is your dog or cat responsible for climate change? Yes. The answer is yes. No. Yes, we'll get to that as well. Coming up right here.
All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jerry Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, I'm really looking forward to hearing about the great myth of inflation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is the great myth of inflation? It's like a Charlie Brown special. It does. <laughs> it's, the, it's the great myth that Joe Biden had anything to do with runaway inflation in this country, which is news to even some economists who worked in the Obama-Biden White House, like Larry Summers, who were out there saying, no, 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 that, that American rescue plan really screwed all of us. Our country was on the way or on its way to recovery because states were opening back up. That's how it works in this country. We didn't have to print $2 trillion in cash and start sending it out willy-nilly. We didn't have to do that. But we right. did. Yes. Uh, but anyway, Ali, predicted. Yeah, Ali Velshi on MSNBC says inflation is a myth. And uh, uh, this was during an interview he did with Representative Brenda Lawrence. Okay. This ought to be good. It has been transformed into something that Republicans, in particular running for Congress, are blaming Joe Biden and Democrats for specifically when, in fact, there is no economic evidence uh, or mathematical evidence or any other kind of evidence that that's actually true. What? It's absolutely not true. Um, I was just reading China and looking at um, the uh, the U the UK and other countries that are going through a global ec epidemic when it comes to our economy, and we have done. Time out. I'm so sorry. Who's this genius? Uh, Brenda Lawrence. Got it. Okay. And we have done so many things in this administration to create jobs to keep the housing market open, which we know jobs and and manufacturing and housing yeah. are some of those key things that stimulate our economy well, well everybody's paying more for everything yeah, i i'm not sure how they kept the housing market open that doesn't make any sense open it was it closed well, it's it, uh, it's on a downward trend it's on a downward trend now because of interest rates and yes also because everybody kind of moved all at once, and now everyone's kind of settled in. I mean, you've got major corrections coming, but that's because, by and large, the real estate industry was on fire. And so now prices are not so much collapsing as they are just kind of coming back to where they, they should have been in a normal scenario. And in fact, if you want to talk about real estate, I mean, and, and this started under Trump. Uh, but was continued under Biden, and actually Biden tried to ignore the Supreme Court on this, that that whole rent moratorium, mm -hmm. or eviction moratorium, I should say, that kneecapped a lot of real estate investors because they weren't getting any return on their investments because the government told them they couldn't. Well, not only that, man, and this might be on a smaller scale, but we all saw it happen. There was the max exodus. From New York and yeah. Illinois and California, and all of a sudden, everyone's moving to Texas and Tennessee and Florida. Yeah. That was also going on. Mm -hmm. And why were they doing that? To get away from knuckleheads like you. And so it is important to us. But isn't it interesting, with everything else that's going on in the world, that is the sole issue that the Republicans can rest on. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> it is literally the most important I'm sorry, but if somebody yes. is, if somebody is, you know, I, I saw this, witnessed this uh, at the grocery store last week, where somebody was like paying for one grocery bill with multiple credit cards. You know, hey, I want to put, you know, she's on the app on her phone, like going to different accounts to see what she had, and she's bouncing like 
from one credit card to the next, put put 40 of it on this one, put 60 of it on this one, put 100 on this one. And I'm not going to stop that lady and say, hey, but when you go to the polls, think about Ukraine. <laughs> That's not how real life works. So, I'll tell sucks. you what, man. I'm so sick and tired of being told and lectured on about things I should care about yeah. more than econ- the economy. I'm sick to death of it right now. Here's the thing, man. What happened to Rovember? <laughs> that was going to be the deal. Well, to me, man, like, if you're just joining us, I'm giving you this whole list of things where the Democrats are upside down on every issue. Everything. Even if it was not the economy. I mean, you're upside down on everything. You've let the party be run by kooks. Yep. And a doddering old man that doesn't, he doesn't even know where to turn when he's done talking. He is shaking hands with invisible people. My gosh, man. Okay, moving on. Uh, speaking of him, uh, he said the vice president's doing a heck of a job. Oh, yeah. Well, he was asked on MSNBC about the vice president, Kamala Harris, during his interview. And uh, here's the, I mean, this is just a, a, a tour de force. This is an endorsement of, right. of the vice president. Okay, roll it. She has a backbone like a ramrod, and she has enormous integrity. And, uh, but if you take a look out there, there isn't any public figure that is, you know, 60% favorable ratings. I mean, now, most of the... What? And, but she is doing a great job, and she is... And she is really, really thoroughly informed, and, and particularly on areas of foreign policy and oh national God. security issues. Yeah. I just wanted to bring something back. You know, it is true that she is very well versed on international politics. I mean, just remember this. <laughs> Hold on a second. I'm still. I know. I mean, it's, you know, she she she's well informed. Well. Dude, I hope so. She's the vice president. You you get credit for that? She goes on the interwebs every day. She <laughs> knows. That's right. Might I say that's a tad racist? <laughs> she actually knows. She does. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Okay, so it's you got something you want to go back yeah. to, David? Oh, yeah. Her right. expertise. So, All right. So Ukraine is a country <laughs> in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically, that's wrong. <laughs> Command of the wrong. facts, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you hear the other clip of Kamala over the weekend? Sorry, I'm, I'm going off script here, man. I, I have it. I don't know if you guys heard it or if you want to hear it, where she was asked about the different things that the Biden administration has been able to accomplish uh, as far as what? Climate change? <laughs> I'm just ready. Ready for it. You want to roll it, David? Yeah. I'm including the question in it so yeah. you get the, the full force of the entire exchange because it's something to me. All right, roll it. What are some of the climate actions that the administration has taken that folks may not know so much about? Oh, hmm. okay. Well, a lot of it has to do with 
She's well informed, remember. Yeah. A, a real intentionality that we have uh, to reshift industries hmm. and um, do that in a way that we are emphasizing the importance of. Does it seem like she's searching right now? Again, it's for a thought. The look for the profound statement. Yes. Okay. What do we know happens sometimes where she is caught in this situation? She doesn't know what to say. Mm -hmm. And she's searching. Ask for the buckets for the bailout here. Okay. Ship's taking water. Do we get some nervous laughter? Yeah. Guaranteed. Let's roll. U.S. investment in U.S.-based R&D research and development. Uh, the, the president and I both care deeply about the importance of investing in, in, in scientists and engineers and, and that research. <laughs> um, what is funny about that? I have no idea. <laughs> Why is that funny? The scientists and the engineers. It, it makes me actually nervous sometimes hearing oh, yeah. her, like when she yeah. really starts to go off the rails. Like mm-hmm. it, It's like I'm watching someone who's never juggled before told to juggle three chainsaws. <laughs> and they just know it's going to be bad. They're going to try, but they're right. going to lose a finger or two. It's the guy <laughs> hiking the the uh, mountain, and you know he's going to fall, and you, but oh, you're just man. bracing yourself because you don't really... I mean, it's that's insanity. It's always like that with her, though. Speaking of climate change, are we to believe that our dogs, our cats, our pets are uh, responsible somehow for climate change? Yes. This is on, on CNN. Seriously, they uh, they had this long piece about how your furry little friend is contributing to climate change and how that needs to end. We need to stop this. We need we need responsible pet owners, okay, to do the right thing. They say their meat heavy diet is the biggest contributor to their carbon paw prints. Oh my <laughs> come goodness, on, man. <laughs> Um, and so they say that feeding dogs and cats creates the equivalent of around 64 million tons of carbon dioxide in the U.S. each year. That's like 13.6 million cars on the road. Gosh. So what is a concerned pet parent to do? Well, they have some tips for you. Okay. Oh, no, buddy. Dogs are omnivores. Don't necessarily need to have meat every meal. So, you know, there are some lab-grown meat options that are out there. That you can do it. And also, insect-based pet foods can be nutritionally complete oh and starting uh, starting to come onto the market around the world. So just feed the bugs to your pet. You can share the slop, actually, if you want, if you really are serious about reducing your carbon footprint. The other thing, oh, uh, flush your pet poop straight down the toilet. Don't what? put it in the poop bag, but just, like, actually, I guess, pick it up somehow and drop it in the toilet. When you're done with your with, with your walk no, or no something, I don't know. I'm not doing that. Oh, and then uh, adopt responsibly. No large dog breeds. Okay, get a Chihuahua and be fine with it because Chihuahua has a smaller carbon footprint. Oh, also uh, get you, rid of your bigger dog. Yeah. The, oh, good luck with that. Yeah. Oh, and also you might want to consider how uh, some animal breeds tend to come with more health issues. You know, you may have a dog that has some health issues while well, caring for them. That that costs a lot in terms of your carbon footprint. So maybe you need to not worry about not get a dog that may be sick or ailing or be predisposed to some sort of condition. So, you know, get rid of your golden retriever. Just get that crappy little chihuahua. Oh, my okay? gosh. 
Uh, or just oh. do away with the breed is what they're ended up yeah. saying. Oh, and then also, if you really want to have a pet, this is actually quoted in the article. I just want to read it verbatim. Uh, and for those not into all the fluff, cuddling, and slobber, you're in luck. Small rodents and birds are great options. Snakes, turtles, and reptiles can have a really low impact, too. <laughs> okay. Just, just Go ahead, Scott. <laughs> no, I, I, I won't. And birds, no, thank you. I don't want a freaking bird in my I don't. My cats would kill it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter's roommate has a pet rabbit. It's kind of a weird pet. I saw the picture of your daughter petting a rabbit, yes. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her and her boyfriend. My sister has a rabbit for a pet. And? I don't know. It, you know, I understand dogs are more the like connection with the yeah. human. Sometimes cats, not as much the rabbit. I don't know if that ever happens or not. I don't know. But they're saying, you know, in the end, how about some lizards and other stuff? I just like the no, look thanks. on your face. No lizards, no. Okay. No lizards, no birds, none of that. Because they're contributing to climate change. My Got cats. It. All right. I'm supposed to flush it down the toilet. Yes, yes, with the cat crap. You're not doing that? I'm not going to do that. Okay. All right. It's insane. Okay. The, I don't even know what to do with that story. What's next? With the whole climate change stuff. My gosh, man! I don't know, man. I mean, it's they're so gonna make it. They're gonna the make gas it. prices are what they are now. It's like, yeah. yeah, maybe you don't want to get that breed. Maybe you want to start feeding them insects and everything else. Mm-hmm. Start, they're gonna start breeding humans so they don't defecate ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. somewhere somebody who another works way under, to expel. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> somebody who works under Dr. Fauci is watching the human centipede and wondering right. if they can make <laughs> right. that real. Is that possible? Okay. There's a lot to get to. I have a funny piece of audio that includes Al Franken, oh, yeah. who was on Jim Acosta's show on CNN. Jim Acosta? Got, those guys got completely owned. Yeah, just completely owned. Um, so I want to get to that. Um, and did devout Catholic Joe Biden signal that he's okay with abortion on demand? Oh, very interesting. All ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, this was on CNN over the weekend. Al Franken, I think he's trying to restart the political career. Mm. Um, he's on Jim Acosta's show, whatever the name of that thing is, before he gets fired. And then it's, Scott It's called Jennings. The, uh, the podcast no one listens to. It's actually on CNN. He's got, he is? Yeah, he's got a weekend show. I've never even, I didn't even know this till today. Okay. Yeah. So here's just uh, Franken's take right now as far as the political situation going on and what's going to happen with the Republicans. I don't think we've gotten the economic message out enough. I totally agree with him. You know, McCarthy said and Scalise has said that the first thing they're going to do is cut Social Security and Medicare. And they're you're going like, well, they can't do that unless if the president vetoes it, but they're going to hold they say they're going to hold the debt limit hostage. Okay. And so there's been fact checks on this, even with the Washington Post, that that's been debunked. But you have Scott Jennings, political correspondent on CNN, um, 
answer this. Yeah, if you don't mind, I'd just like to respond to that. That's not what Republicans are saying at all. Republicans have an advantage in this election because they're actually running on the issues that all the polls tell us that the most people care about. Inflation, economy, crime. It's the top issue in every national poll. It's the top issues in almost every state poll where the big races are taking place. The problem for the Democrats in this election is that they're fishing off the wrong pier. They made their <laughs> entire bet. Their entire bet was on abortion. We know this to be true. They've talked about this, even in fighting. And abortion has fallen down to like sixth, seventh, or eighth place. I can read a poll, and right now what I'm seeing in the polls is that voters don't think the Democrats are good enough or smart enough, and doggone it, they just don't like them. I mean, that's the bottom line. <laughs> you like that? Hey, that was so good. Touche, man. The old Stuart Smalley? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. They they mentioned the. I don't know that that might that might. Stuart Smalley. I was going to say that might. Yeah, I don't know if I like that. Hmm. Uh, Not like I like grabbing butts. Uh, Dude, the whole Al Franken thing. Anytime (laughs) I hear the guy's voice, all I think about is the interview he had to do after the butt grabbing thing. Yeah. And it was on WCCO in Minnesota. Yes, you've taken thousands of pictures. But when you grab somebody's butt, don't you know it? Uh, I, I understand that, and I, um, again, I am going to have to do everything. Did you grab it or not? <laughs> this is the Barkley Van Camp and Robin Show. <laughs> Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Good news. You ready? Everybody wants good news. Um, our inflation is lower than a lot of other countries. No, I don't think that's good news at all. Okay. No, that that yeah that this is the real pivot that is that we're seeing right ahead of the midterm elections. Is that Democrats are saying, well, it's not really inflation that people are worried about; it's cost of living that people are worried about. And it's a global those, thing, this inflation. Right. It's, it's not just us. No, it just kind of happened, okay? I, I don't know. What, I don't, who did this? I don't know. So, you yeah, did. Joe Biden today, talking at a, a DNC fundraiser, uh, trotted this line out. Okay. The jobs and making our companies more competitive worldwide. At the same time, we know we know a lot of folks are struggling with inflation. Driven by Putin's war in Ukraine and the global pandemic. It's a little solace, but we have a lower inflation rate than most any nation in the any other nation in the world. That's why I'm determined to reduce the burden on working and middle class folks by bringing down the cost of everyday things. No, you created it because we didn't need your trillion plus dollar bill printing money and giving it to people. It was already recovering. Yeah. Democratic economist said it at the time. Did well, bring up prescription drugs again? Because I'm going to put my face in a fan if he does it again. <laughs> well, yeah, and then he turns around and says, well, the prescription drug savings you're not going to see till next year. Well, then why are you touting it now? Right. This guy. It doesn't make any sense. And, and, you know, as far as inflation, if you look at other major economies in the world, we're about mid-pack. But what does or what, what do all of these countries have in common? They printed a bunch of money. 
And we're, when you talk about Europe in particular, one of the things that is really crunching them is the energy supply. They are so heavily dependent Dude. on Russia for energy that they're hosed uh, as a result of this war. We are not in that situation, or we shouldn't be. We actually no. have the tools to, you know, they talk We're about tools in the toolbox. On. We've had the tools to lower prices for people, and it starts with gas, period. Won't do it. Because of green energy, yeah. man. Because Greta Thunberg, this high school dropout, convinced Western nations to just commit suicide on a mass scale. And Putin helped fund that. Oh, yeah, he did. Chinese did, too. Yep. Because they knew what would happen. Mm -hmm. Wow. Did you see the part of the interview that Biden did with NBC talking about what if Trump doesn't run for the you know next election? Talking about, again, if he would run again. Okay? And I thought this was pretty interesting. So let's say Trump doesn't run again. Convince Aunt Gloria that she should stick with you. Well, I think... And Convince Aunt Gloria she should stick with you. Okay. Here it is. I think Gloria should take a look. I, I think it's a legitimate thing to be concerned about anyone's age, including mine. I think that's totally legitimate. But I think the best way to make the judgment is to, uh, to you know, watch me. Uh-oh, that's a bad idea. I am. Yeah. You're in your shoes, Joe. You know, am I slowing up? Am I don't have the same pace as her? You know, uh, and that old joke, you know, uh, um, Everybody talks about the, you know, the new 70s, 50s, and all that stuff. You know, I, you know, it could be, I, I'm a great respecter of fate. I could. I don't think that was really a joke. There's no punchline. No. Anyway, he's rolling. Get a disease tomorrow. I could, you know, drop dead tomorrow. But I, you know, in terms of my energy level, in terms of how much I'm able to do, I think people should look and say, is he, does he still have the same passion for what he's doing? Dude, there are a lot of people passionate about a lot of things. That doesn't mean they're good at their gig or they can still do it. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, just watch me. Okay, I'm watching him today speak at that DNC fundraiser. Here's another just little quick clip for you. Okay. Watch Joe Biden. He's sharp as a tack, this one. And you're elected the highest-ranking black Indian with Indian background woman in American history to be vice president. What? <laughs> He's always the center fielder running on the waterbed, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about Kamala Harris, I guess. It was everything so Indian unsteady. heritage, but... <laughs> Golly. Oh, man. I know. Right? Just watch me if you think I yeah. can't do the job. You, hey, hey, you, hey. You, you people love the... High-ranking black Indians with Indian backgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> A what? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Oh well, the rest of what he said in that NBC interview. And if they think I do and I can do it, then that's fine. If they don't, then they should vote against me. Not against me. They should encourage me not to go. But that's not how I feel. I can't even say the age I'm going to be. I can't even get it out of my mouth. Uh, dude, you got to... I got to paint the visual for you. When he says, I can't even see the age, and he's doing like the whisper thing. Yeah. He puts both of his hands on the interviewer's shoulders, and he's like like looking right into his eyes. I mean, uncomfortably close. 
Like if anyone you worked with put both of their hands on your shoulders in front of you, mm-hmm. you know, like nose to nose talking to you, you'd be like, hey, bro, hey, get off freaking me. space, man. Yeah. It's unnerving. It's getting worse with that dude. He's always had the, you know, creepy Joe vibes. It's gone to another level. Get overcome with the aqua velva scent. Mm. <laughs> so there, there's Joe. We have more clips a little bit later. David has uh, some others. Mm-hmm. Okay, did you see the story about the squatters that move into this home that had just been bought by a couple? This is what drives people insane. And you're going to tell me they can't get rid of them, right? In a way, yes. Unbelievable. Um, this was from the New York Post. I saw this story earlier today and then looked it up online. A couple in Maryland. They're saying, hey, this group of people, I don't know if it's a couple or a whole, you know, more than that, moved into our recently purchased home. They're refusing to leave. Okay. No. So they just signed the contract on in the new home. They decided to drive by to take a look at the you know new house. Sure. People do that all the time. Yeah. And they were shocked to find a U-Haul in the driveway and people moving in. Like, what? What's going on? Uh, and the couple realtors said, it seems as though someone has tried to take possession of the property. The couple are the legal owners of the home, which they bought from a bank after it was foreclosed on and abandoned. But the squatters who have moved in, put up private property, and beware of dog signs. Jeez. Oh, okay, and so the realtor's saying, hey, we have an agreed, signed, ratified contract with the bank. Okay, we, we need them out of there. So what do you do in that situation if you're them? What would you do? You, well, first step, you call the cops. Yeah. Call the cops. Okay. Well, they were told by cops that it seems like a civil manner. What? Somebody's no, living in a house I own, house. uninvited. Not, that, you can't do that. It sounds like criminal trespass to me, but yeah. Okay, it's, and the realtor's like, well, they the once the police were on site, they took a look at the lease and said it wasn't accurate. It was not correct. And so the couple wants to know, how were they able to move in? Yeah. What can be done about it? It just reminds me of the different stories. It was by Seattle different areas where you can't get people to move out. And you're like, I need a little help here. They won't leave. That's our house. Yeah, it seems like a civil matter. Good luck to you. Mm-hmm. Like somebody driving around in your car. Yeah, like, hey, hey wait my car. Hey, hey, that's my car. It sounds like a civil matter. Well, Good luck I mean, to really you. nothing we can do about it. <laughs> it, it no, it's... That, that, People want law and order, man. I think that's that's one of those situations where you look up your state and county restrictions when it comes to castle doctrine and self-defense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree, David. I and agree. then if you think you're all in the clear, you give them a couple yep. of moments to clear out or it gets loud. Switching gears probably on a lighter note. I just wanted to bring this up real quick. If you saw the headline of a little piece that said something like, here's 75 things annoying people say. Like people were, you know, in some sort of chat saying, hey, what's something that annoying people say? And then you look at the top 10 and realize you say eight of them. (laughs) How would you feel? Mm. Like I need to readjust myself a little bit. I guess I need to readjust a little. Maybe more. I mean, I know I'm annoying, but it's far more than even I had anticipated. You annoying, that's... 
Don't even worry about it. Well, hey, maybe you're guilty too, Scott. Not me. No way. All right. See if any of these check out. Things annoying people say. I don't mean to be rude, but. Yeah. Always the caveat. I'm not the only one on this show that ever uses that. No, it's it's like I don't mean to be rude, but I'm about to say something really rude. Really rude. Well, it's just going to be honest, is what yeah. it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's agree to disagree. I think that is like at some point you say, "Hey, we'll just agree to disagree." Yeah. That it's like, "Hey, we don't need to keep on going here. We're not going to change each other's mind." I thought that was okay. That's something annoying people say. Hmm. So what are you supposed to do? I've used that one several times. Oh, yell until the other person submits. Right. I guess, yeah, right? <laughs> well, there are there are some things that you can't just agree to disagree on, but, I mean, if it's like a political conversation with uh, your aunt or uncle or mom or mm-hmm. dad or whatever, then, yeah, th- I think that's a, that's a, to me, that's a diffusing phrase. All right, we're going to agree to disagree, and then move on. So far, I think we're all two for two. How about, no offense, but... Yeah, I'm about no. to say something offensive. <laughs> Here we go. Do you ever use that one, Scott? I don't think I ever have. Really? I don't think so. Am I the because only one I'm going to offend you? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm not going to. I'm not going to try to parse it with you. Well, I think sometimes you'll say, "I don't want to be mean." I may say that. Okay. Mm-hmm. You ever say, "Hey, it was just a joke"? You say that. I have, and usually it is. Ah, taken the wrong way. <laughs> Usually you mean something by it, wouldn't you say? That's probably some nastiness behind it, yeah. Anybody ever use let's unpack that? (laughs) I think you've said it twice today. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think I use it that much, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm annoying. I don't use the I'd like to speak to the manager. I never have either. I mean, I have done it, but it's not regularly in the arsenal unless you really have to. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal. That's another annoying phrase. I say that all the time. Yeah. I love this one because, yeah, I know you're not supposed to say it. But you do it. Okay. Why are you in such a bad mood? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's one that's guaranteed yes, to that's, not have a happy ending. That's going to snap back on you. Yep. <laughs> Dude, sometimes I'll look at David when you're not looking mm-hmm. before I say that to you just to have you go off. I'm not in a bad mood <laughs> because that's the way it's yeah, usually answered. I know. Answered. I know. The one thing I don't use that's in the top ten of these phrases, live, laugh, love. What? Who says that? No, I, I know people who have that stenciled on their wall somewhere. Oh, the accessories yeah. sells the hell out of that, yeah. Another great one to use that you can take is calm down. <laughs> okay, some of the vice president raising money for rioters. She calls it something different now. We'll get to that much more coming up. Moments like the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, a couple of clips we got to get to, and a couple of doozies, I do believe. Who do you want to go first, Kamala Harris or Joe Biden? Oh, let's let's kick this off with Joe Biden, man. Uh, so. This is crazy. Joe Biden was speaking at a DNC event today, and he went back to this tired old line about student loan debt forgiveness. See, he likes to say that people who got Paycheck Protection Program grant money shouldn't complain about the student loan thing. Because, well, you're complaining about 
these loans being forgiven, but not your PPP loans being forgiven. Never mind that this was a pandemic-era program that was literally created as a grant program, but would become a loan that you'd have to pay back if you didn't meet certain obligations, namely if you laid off everybody and closed your business. Guess what? You have to repay that money now. That this was, has nothing to do with taking out too much student loan debt. No, this wasn't like, oh, yeah, we're going to forgive this loan that you made to keep your business afloat before the pandemic. It wasn't, you know, prepaying or repaying, rather, pre-existing debt. This was a tactical move to try to keep businesses from going under when the government shut them down because of COVID. Well, now he says, not only are you a hypocrite if you rightfully point out the differences between these two but you know what the people with student loan debt they're just better for the economy what they thought it's okay for them to get that relief for their business but you breaking your neck and getting caught in the middle of a crisis you can't get any relief for the debt and guess who's going to grow the economy more an educated public or those guys Oh, buddy, he actually said the quiet part out loud. Yeah. Wow. No, screw you, Joe. Screw oh, yeah. You. Wow. Up yours, dude. I can't believe I just heard that. Like what? The the educated public, the people yeah. who are who are struggling with student yeah. loan debt. Yes. Because they can't find employment that pays them well enough to justify that investment. Those people, oh. well, they're just better. And they're, they're more entitled to having their debts repaid. That's garbage, man. Man. That's worse than anything Donald Trump ever said. Holy smokes. Hold on. You can't get any relief for the debt. And guess who's going to grow the economy more? An educated public or those guys? <laughs> There's so much of the educated public that can't find a great return on investment because they went to school for a degree in something that doesn't pay and they went tens sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt so if That's you don't not have anybody student loan fault. debt you're not really very bright wow no, i've actually said it if you have student loan debt you're just more valuable to people and so you're entitled to this golly handout. man that, that, that is just that's obscene. God. Okay. So the rest of it should be, we should be welcoming paying yeah, she should be great. debt back. Yes. All right. That's unbelievable. We'll get to the Kamala Harris clip in a little bit because she is saying it's disinformation to say she raised money for rioters. No, it's not. During the summer of love. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, see, well, you're a spreader of disinformation yeah, no, in not, the no. opinion of one Kamala Harris. Yes. Reimagining their own quotes. I think Joe also said that gas prices are coming down today. Yes. They are? Are they? Relative to what? <laughs> I mean, that, that's the thing. Relative to the peak this summer, I guess, sure. But, that, but that's not how people are judging it right now. The desperation is in the air. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. So is that now the biggest story of the day or is it the, something else? To me, the biggest story of the day is what you just heard that Joe Biden is saying. Yeah, I mean, hey, unbelievable. Look, you with student loan debt, you're going to really grow the economy as if some of the biggest titans of industry in the 20th century were not college dropouts. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about the likes of Jobs and those guys? Yes. yes. Yeah. Some of the biggest innovators didn't mm. go to school. No, they didn't. Or didn't what? finish school. What? Wow. Am, that really irritates me right there. Okay. Like I owe the, I got I got to pay this off because it's for the betterment of our economy. I would think you would want to, Scott. Yes. All right, you, you got your top three stories idiot. of the day? Yeah. All right, we'll get to that as well. Trifecta. Coming up next. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, let's get to the Kamala Harris audio. Please. All right. Before we do anything else, um, and I haven't heard this yet, David, but you're saying that she said uh, disinformation to say she raised money for rioters. Yeah, in 2020, Kamala Harris did actually promote the Minnesota Freedom Fund, which was set up to bail out people who were rioting during the summer of love. Uh, that money eventually made its way to supporting rapists and other degenerates. Yep. Now, during an interview with WCCO-TV, Kamala Harris was asked about that and joined me on this journey. Okay. Well, first of all, I am a child of parents who marched for civil rights in the 1960s in America. And I have always been and will always be a supporter of pre- peaceful protests. Um, many peaceful protests over the history of our country have led to an expansion of rights and, um, and, and an expansion of civil rights. So that's where I stand on, on peaceful protests. Okay. And um, I think that, unfortunately, what we're seeing are, is people are, are playing political games right now. We're 18 days away from midterms. And um, we have sadly not seen a lack of misinformation and disinformation. Uh, and and I think this is another one of those examples. Oh my goodness! Golly, it's no, but, not just before an election. We were saying it during the last presidential campaign. Yeah, we said it after you broke the ceiling of the first vice president of your nationality, whatever that means. We've been saying it for a long time. You helped fund the riot by getting people out of jail so they could go riot some more. I don't care if. Your parents marched during the civil rights stuff. That doesn't give you a pass for what you do now, funding criminals. Plays that card all the time. I mean, you're talking about actually raising bail money for people who tried to burn down a police precinct. Yes. So that's not disinformation or misinformation. That's a fact. The tweet at last check was still up. She was encouraging people to go and donate to this bail fund. Yeah, the receipts are there. Yeah. Because somehow they were put in jail for the wrong reason? Right. Peacefully protesting. Like, honestly, how many, how many legit uh, peaceful protesters, people who were there just holding signs, were arrested and charged with crimes? I'm guessing 0.0. <laughs> That's a guess. I mean, there were people who were taken into custody because they were, they were protesting and then got caught in the middle of a riot, but they're not facing... 
massive a laundry list of charges. They're not held without bail or anything like that. No. The people who were by and large arrested were people committing violent acts, and anyone paying attention knew that. It's revisionist history. And then you don't have people to call them out on it. That's That, to me, is what is very frustrating. Well, remember when her parents were marching and they were pulling her in the wagon? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and she wanted all she wanted was freedom. How did she say it again? Uh, something sickening, crazy, dumb. Yeah. But how did she say it, though? You had a... a freedom. Almost, there you go. Freedom. That's pretty good. Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they were, they were marching then. She was with her parents. Yes. So that's always going to be a part of her. What do we want, little Kamala? What do we want? Freedom. When do we want it? Now. Yes. Dude, I'm still trying to get over what we heard from Biden earlier. I am, too. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's my takeaway of the day. Well, a it, guy that says that out loud. Yeah. That is can't get that that considers himself lunch pale Joe, voice of the working man, to to pull this rabbit out of his yeah. hat. Yeah. Go ahead if you want to set this up well, again, David. It's the, remarkable. The setup is the student loan debt forgiveness, which really isn't, in my view, even a, a, a full bailout for college students. It's a bailout for colleges and universities. Yeah, Agreed. because there is no, there are no strings attached. The universities can keep. Charging people an arm and a leg. The lenders can keep setting their own terms. There's no actual fundamental change to the way that people seek or acquire assistance to go to college. It's just a one-time payout is what Joe Biden wants to do. And he's comparing that, though, to the Paycheck Protection Program, which was the pandemic-era policy that uh, was grant money for businesses to keep the lights on and keep their employees paid and it was given out as a grant unless you did not meet the right criteria. And if you didn't meet the criteria, it became a loan that you would have to repay. Fundamentally different than than a, a student loan. Yes. Uh, but he said, you know, it's very hypocritical, especially for Republicans in Congress who benefited from the PPP loan program to complain about this college and university bailout. All this. They thought it's okay for them to get that relief for their business. But you breaking your neck and getting caught in the middle of a crisis, you can't get any relief for the debt. And guess who's going to grow the economy more? An educated public or those guys? <laughs> it's offensive. It's offensive. They're worth more to us. Yeah. There's so much wrong with that. And on, you know probably not as important as him just saying, well, they're more valuable. Is this... But you breaking your neck and getting caught in the middle of a crisis. Because you wanted the college experience in some degree that doesn't pay. Yeah. And you went into massive amounts of debt. And you're going to say, because you're breaking your neck. And it was the crisis that brought you to this point. Dude, they were making coffee for a living long before COVID hit. Yeah. Give me a break. I want to see him stand up to the Teamsters Union and deliver that remark. See how it goes over with those guys. Yeah. Yeah, you pay for them. Yeah, because well, they have more college. to offer than you do. Right. They're going to jumpstart this economy. That's right. Now, you back in the line. Yeah. Okay. All right, Robbins, you ready for your big three yeah, of the day? Yeah, let's roll. Okay. Scott Robbins, trifecta starts now. Are you ready? One, two, three. Look at my shoe. 
It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three of the day, every day at this time, always helped by his buddy, his hero. Hi, it's me, Casey. Hey, hey Casey. 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 Yes. Hi, buddy. I'm ready. Okay. Three. Uh, all right. A journalist tried to uh, write a hit piece on Ron DeSantis, and I think I read this. This was in Politico. Is that the one? No, Financial Times. Financial Times. Yeah, uh, this is the Financial my Times. My mistake. Yes. Yeah. And it's hilarious. It is hilarious. Uh, correspondent Joshua Chafin and his fellow journalist Alex McGillis seems to think they've come up with a gotcha moment on Ron DeSantis. Okay. Yikes. According to a friend of Ron DeSantis, he would tell his dates in college he liked Thai food, but pronounced it thigh. And if those women corrected him, he would find an excuse to leave and never call him again. He didn't want any girlfriend to correct him. Sexist bastard. Okay. <laughs> this is the only dirt they could come up with on this guy? That instead of saying thigh, he said thigh? He couldn't be corrected by a woman is what no, they're going after, I think. not. Yeah. That's right, Handmaid's Tale. You know, you know, not everybody is like Joe Biden who likes to be led around on a leash by a horrible woman. No. You know, some people actually just like to be around non-insufferable people. Golly. Okay, is this like a real thing? It's a Did real he... column the guy wrote. I understand, yeah. but is there people there out there? Has he been asked about this yet? Not that I'm aware of. I really want to but... know if he would say this to his buddies. Hey. Where's Christina Pashaw right now, huh? Yeah. I, <laughs> Give me that one. I like one of the anecdotes that I saw in, in this article where it talks about how uh, he doesn't like to go and, and shake hands and smile with people at political events. He's not the fundraiser type. And uh -huh. that's supposed to be a bad thing. Bad thing. Because yeah, I, I kind of like, look, I'm, I'm nervous about Ron DeSantis because I'm waiting for some other shoe to drop. I'm waiting for something to come out that is really damaging. Mm -hmm. Uh because we've all been disappointed by political uh, figures who don't turn out to be what they present themselves to be. Absolutely. That said, if he really is the kind of guy who just kind of shows up at a fundraiser and doesn't really want to you know, rub elbows with the elites and all that stuff, mm -hmm. that makes me love the guy. I do. I mean, uh, <laughs> there's something to be said for that. Like, oh, you mean he wants to keep his head down and do the work? Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Just don't take him to a thigh restaurant. <laughs> We're getting closer and closer to number one. Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day. Yeah. Two. Uh, he said there's a trans athlete who injured somebody. Yeah, this is an interesting story. I, I, I heard it over the weekend, and I followed up today with it. We know about the Leah Thomas thing, right? How Leah Thomas, the guy who pretends he's a girl, wins all the NCAA swimming meets, right? Yep. And we were talking about different sports, and here's one drawing attention this week. A high school volleyball player in North Carolina. A game was brought to a halt when a male transgender competitor spiked the ball so hard into the face of one of the girls on the opposing team with such velocity, she now has sustained lasting injuries to her head and her neck. Whoa. North Carolina high school volleyball athletes suffered them abnormally fast, approximately 70, 70 miles per hour. The male opponent hurled the ball at her face. One bystander said, yeah, the girls don't hit that hard. Female teammate has experienced trauma to her head, her neck, and uh, reportedly is still in the hospital, recovering from long-term concussion symptoms. 
Holy smokes, man. Yeah, this is great, but, you know. Well, I have no, no idea to compare it to the regular velocity or how often that injury happens, but just it's ridiculous that it's even happening. You've got a boy that thinks he's a girl that says he is that's playing with the girls because they don't have a boy's volleyball team, and that's his chosen sport, slamming balls into the face of girls. All right, if I'm the dad, ass-kicking is coming. <laughs> that's all I'm going to that's all I'll say about that. How dare you do this? Okay, if you don't mind me asking, who is the kicking going to go to? See if the uh, administrators oh, like that allow a girl? it to happen. Yeah. Or is it the actual student? You got to be very careful. No, uh, okay. I'm just saying, I get I'm willing it, man. to sacrifice for that. What? A swift a swift beating though would be in play. Well, dude, it starts with the people that allow it to happen. I know, I know it does. Put these I know people, and especially the girls, in an impossible situation. It's crazy, man. Now, on with the countdown. The Scott Robbins trifecta top three of the day. One. Uh, number one, John Fetterman's campaign. This is the <laughs> guy who's uh, running for Senate out of Pennsylvania, the guy who had a massive stroke going up against Dr. Oz now. Uh, they're having their first and only debate tomorrow night, and yep. they're working the refs a little bit. Oh, my gosh. Here's the quote from the Fetterman team. John Fetterman's uh, team downplaying expectations. The, the debate with, with Oz. Uh, he, they said, you know, this guy was not even a great debater before the stroke. We'll admit this is not John's format. Look no further than the debates from the primary earlier. So don't expect a whole lot out of John tomorrow night. I mean, you you know, I mean, some people are just better debaters. That's not John's thing. Okay. He so might be missing he... some words, they said, tomorrow. Well, I would guess that he probably is. I mean, if he's given a speech, you see that he struggles. Hmm. There's no doubt about that. I guess it's fascinating to me in a way because you've seen different people that know if they go out and debate, they'll get smoked. Like in Arizona. Yeah. Carrie Lake's opponent won't debate her. No. Because she knows it would be a whooping. With Fetterman, I'm really surprised that they even agreed to it. Or do you think the campaign thought if he doesn't debate, he is absolutely going to lose the election, so he has to do it? Well, I, I yeah, I think they were kind of bullied into doing it. Yeah, they were. But that's also why over the last couple of weeks they've really gone after the ableist route, like comparing yeah. John Fetterman needing a, a, a yeah needing a teleprompter in order to do an interview with NBC News, comparing that to somebody who wears glasses to help them right. see. Or you know, hearing aids. Or, or hearing yeah, aids. Or a wheelchair. It's insane. Right. It's like, his no, team, it, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, his, his team also said, we are prepared for Dr. Oz's allies and the right-wing media to circulate malicious viral videos after this debate to try to paint John in a negative light because of his awkward pauses, missing some words, and mushing other words together. Well, yeah. The rehearsals must have been something for this debate. That's all yeah. I have to say. Yeah. If they're already out there talking about this. Well, you you can imagine it already, dude. It, but if it, you point it out, then it's malicious. Yep. And you're an ableist and you're a horrible human being for doing it. After all, he wants to be your senator. What's that have to do with anything? Yes. Thanks, Casey. Yes. And that's the trifecta. All right. Got to get to another news update. And Nimrod's in the news. Straight ahead right here.
Kevin Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, what did Biden say today? This is weird. Well, towards the end of his speech at this DNC meeting, he was talking to a bunch of young people who were uh, going to uh, make calls for Democratic candidates. Uh, he started wandering out into the audience and okay. just started talking in circles about uh, what we can and cannot do as a nation. All right, roll it. A lot of Americans begin to wonder whether we can still do anything, whether we're still who we've always been. We are. And everybody thought I was nuts when I, when I had asked the question, if I could do one thing, what would you do? I do something that didn't answer any of the real questions we just had, but just demonstrate we can still do anything. If I could wave a wand, I'd cure cancer. Why? Because no one believes it can be done. But we're starting to do it. There's nothing beyond our capacity. I mean it. Not a joke. Not a joke. (laughs) 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 You all right, dude? Just every stereotype rolled into one right there. Wow, man. I did. Okay, we'll have more time to. The whisper thing is good for Halloween, though. (laughs) Good and creepy. Okay, we got to get to Nimrods. We're running out of time. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dean. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. Nimrods in the news. Oh, you know what else they've said that can't be done? Uh, curing baldness. Researchers in Japan. They can't. They, they said, dude, they, no, the they hair can't. follicles, they grew them on mice. No. They okay. Right. They said it was good news. But for your Nimrod, uh, someone at a business in Ohio called the cops after they checked their company voicemail. They discovered a couple of messages that seemed suspicious from this 58-year-old guy in Cleveland named Desmond Ramsey who had dialed the wrong number while trying to hire a hitman. Oh, God. <laughs> and left messages. <laughs> he was pretty easy to find. <laughs> and that's Nimrod's in the news. <laughs>